Kia kaha. I'm Brett Dillon, and this is The Movie Chronicles. Sorry, I got a little drunk before beginning this episode, and as a result, the time machine has dunked us down in 1894, I think. You can cut the air pollution with a knife. There's two movie shows down the street. I checked them out before you arrived. One is an Edison Penny Arcade. I might have to borrow a few pennies off you. The other is devoted to that newfangled invention of the Lumiere Brothers. They managed to project the image onto a sheet. How quaint. We'll go there last because to a grumpy old coot like me, that all sounds kind of creepy. In 1894, the Edison Company became more technically proficient, starting with Annie Oakley, director W.K.L. Dixon, actors Annie Oakley and Francis E. Butler. In some quick-fire shooting, Annie fires at what looks like small metal plates fixed to a wall. She then changes rifles and fires at small discs thrown into the air by her assistant. The camera pays attention to the accuracy of the shooting and not that it's a woman doing it. Bucking Bronco, Edison Company. It's a short film, so here's the result. The horse wins. It's also a production made outside the Black Mariah studio of Edison. Buffalo Dance, director W.K.L. Dixon and William Heiss. At the back, a Native American plays the drums, while in the front, three others dance. The Buffalo Dance was performed annually to celebrate the return of the buffalo herds. The performers in this film were all from Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. According to the Edison catalogue, they were genuine Sioux warriors in full war paint and war costumes. They might be genuine, but the description is disingenuous. The buffalo dance is not a war dance. Sioux Ghost Dance, director W.K.L. Dixon and William Heiss. The men are in a line with two children in the centre. The men then form a circle around the children and begin to dance. The purpose of the dance was to unite the spirits of the living and the dead. It was spread by the northern Paiute leader Wavoka, a.k.a. Jack Wilson, beginning in 1889. The white folk didn't like what they were seeing, especially as it was associated with Wavoka's prophecy of the end of white expansion. It was believed this movement contributed to the Lakota resistance to the Dawes Act, 1887. This was an illegal act of forced integration. America, the land of the free to do whatever you're told. To give the above a little context, in February 1890, the U.S. government broke the Lakota Treaty by adjusting the Great Sioux Reservation to accommodate white settlers. They were quite brazen about this, saying the intention was to break up tribal relationships and to conform Indians to the white man's ways, peaceably, if they will, or forcibly, if they must. Reason not the need, indeed. 
the Lakota resistance to this illegal assumption of power led to the massacre of Wounded Knee committed by U.S. troops in December 1890. Sandow in 1894 Eugene Sandow was born as Frederick Wilhelm Müller on April 2, 1867 in Prussia, in an area that is now Russia, and he died in 1925. Eugene left Prussia in order to avoid being conscripted into the army and travelled Europe as a strongman in a circus. It was Professor Attila who recognised the young man's potential and took him to London to compete in a strongman competition in 1889. A star was born. Sandow is now known as the father of bodybuilding, not surprisingly as he coined the word. Florenz Ziegfeld introduced Sandow to America at the 1893 Chicago World's Columbian Exposition. Ziegfeld was astute enough to notice the audience weren't interested in how much weight Sandow could lift, but in his muscles. The act was changed, so that it now featured Sandow going through a sequence of poses. This is what the Edison Company filmed in 1894. Apparently, a series of films was shot. I've only been able to find this one example. Sandow goes through his repertoire of poses in a way that gets close to gay softcore porn. This is not accidental imagery. Sandow studied Greek and Roman statues and tried to model his body into the ideal shapes found in those works. The film seems to be part self-promotion, part advertisement, and part how-to. Serpentine Dance Director W.K.L. Dixon and William Heiss I suspect Dixon was in charge of production and Heiss did the photography. It is a good example of how early film took a simple idea and used the technology to develop it. The Serpentine Dance was a musical act first performed by Lo Fuller. It is a costume dance where the costume swirls and plays with the light to reveal the shape of the dancer underneath. Annabelle Whitford and other performers around the world, as you will see, helped popularize this dance form. For this film, she wears a dress with long sleeves that form elaborate patterns as she moves. At its most basic, this is a film of that act, of that movement. But the filmmakers have made their own contribution. As the dress moves, it changes color. The color effect was achieved by hand painting each frame. Annabelle Whitford first hit the stage in the same year and in the same place as Sandow. She was 15 years old, 16 when this film was made, and has been accused of introducing eroticism to the cinema. I think you can guess my opinion on that. It all depends on whether or no Sandow was filmed first. Let's just say she probably introduced heterosexual eroticism to cinema and leave it at that. William Heiss was born in 1847 and he died in 1910. He worked for Edison by inventing a method of perforating film so that it could be spooled through a projection device. In 1892, he shot 
a handshake using this invention and then went into a non-formal partnership with W.K.L. Dixon to shoot films for the Edison Company to distribute. His most famous film is The Kiss from 1896, the year men began to get really hot under the collar on the subject of film eroticism. And now, for the year in history. January the 7th. There is recorded a motion picture experiment of comedian Fred Ott sneezing. William Kennedy Dixon received a patent for motion picture film the same day. January the 8th, Columbus World's Fair in Chicago was destroyed by fire. January the 9th, Edison Kinetoscope record of a sneeze was released in movie theaters. Georges Feydeau's Un à la patte premiered in Paris. The New England Telephone and Telegraph installed the first battery-operated telephone switchboard in Lexington, Massachusetts. February the 8th, the Enforcement Act was repealed in the USA. This makes it easier to disenfranchise blacks. February the 12th, anarchist Emile Henry hurled a bomb into Paris' Café Terminus, killing one and wounding 20, an aptly named café. On May the 21st, 22-year-old Emile was executed by guillotine. Returning to February, February the 15th, at 4.51 GMT, French anarchist Marshal Bourdin attempted to destroy the Royal Greenwich Observatory London with a bomb. I imagine the Time Lords is setting out to stop him, even though it has not been mentioned in any episode of Doctor Who. May the 12th, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, USA, Coca-Cola was sold in bottles for the first time. March the 16th, Jules Massenet's opera Faïs premieres in Paris. May the 17th, the USA and China signed a treaty preventing Chinese laborers from entering the USA. In the Western world, there was a lot of anti-Asian sentiment at the time, which is very embarrassing to read about now. April the 9th, the first performance of Anton Bruckner's Fifth Symphony. April the 14th, first public showing of Thomas Edison's Kinetoscope, Moving Pictures. April the 19th, Jules Massenet's opera Werther premiered in New York City. April the 20th, 136,000 mine workers strike in Ohio for a pay increase. June the 23rd, the International Olympic Committee is founded at the Sorbonne Paris at the initiative of Baron Pierre de Coubertin. This is followed on June the 24th by a decision to hold the modern Olympic Games every four years. July the 4th, the Republic of Hawaii was proclaimed with Sanford B. Dole as president. October the 15th, Captain Alfred Dreyfus was arrested for espionage in France. We shall be hearing more about this case. November the 1st, 
a vaccine for diphtheria was announced by Dr. Roux of Paris. November the 18th, the first newspaper Sunday Color comic section was published in the New York World. December the 22nd, Debussy's Prelude à la d'Enfant premiered. On the same day, French officer Alfred Dreyfus was court-martialed for treason. This triggered worldwide charges of anti-Semitism against the French military. In the same year, New Zealand enacted the world's first minimum wage law. Sir William Ramsay and Lord Raleigh discovered the first noble gas, argon. And Edward B. Marx and Joe Stern published The Little Lost Child, promoting its release with the earliest version of music video known as The Illustrated Song. In France, the Lumiere brothers were getting their mojo on. The early films of the Lumiere brothers. Director, the Lumiere brothers. This is a compilation of films and the most probable way you will encounter them now. It gives an idea of what a cinema program would have looked like in the period 1894 to 1896. The films in the collection are discussed at the appropriate period. On this compilation are 1894, La Roseur à Rose, 1895, La Sorte de l'Orsun Lumière à Lyon, and Repast de Bébé. 1896, La Rive d'un Train à la Ciotat, and Demolition d'un Mour un et deux. Partie de Cas, and finally, Débarquement. Director Auguste Lumière was born on 19th of October 1862 in Besançon, France, and he died in 1954. On the 22nd of March 1895, he and his brother were in Paris for a conference of the Society for the Development of the National Industry. The conference was spotlighting the photographic business. They were there to promote a colour film project they were working on. They were surprised that the audience were more interested in the black and white moving picture footage they showed because, as they later stated, the cinema is an invention without a future. One person who thought otherwise was the director of the Comptoir General de la Photographie Compagnie, Leon Gaumont. On May the 20th, the American Woodville Latham began public screening of moving pictures. This was followed on November the 1st by the Sklandowski brothers, Max and Emil, in Berlin, who charged an admission fee. They used their own invention, the bioscope. This financial success, I think, helped change the minds of the brothers Lumiere. On December 28th, they had their first public exhibition, a seven-minute entertainment of the following films – the names given are the English translations. Workers leaving the factory of the Lumiere brothers, the water awarded, embarkation from the ferry, horse trick riders, fishing for goldfish, blacksmith, baby's breakfast, jumping onto the blanket, Cordelia Square in Lyon, and the sea. In 1896, they took their invention on tour through the major cities of the world, places like Brussels, Bombay, London, New York City, and Buenos Aires. 
They went to the Middle East and screened films in Cairo and Alexandria. Unfortunately, the brothers declined to promote their invention. This upset filmmakers such as Georges Millet, who would have loved to buy a movie camera from them, which, in turn, led to the decline of their movie business. They focused their attention in making a color film process. In 1903, they patented the autochrome Lumiere process, which was put into production in 1907. Director Louis Lumiere was born on 5th of October 1864 in Besançon, France, and he died in 1948. The brothers were a team, with most of their output being given joint authorship. Their parents owned a small photographic studio. In 1870, the entire family moved to Lyon. Their father created a factory to produce photographic plates. In 1882, with the business on the verge of bankruptcy, the boys designed machines to automate the process and created a new photographic plate called the Etique Bleu. This product proved to be so successful that by 1884 the factory employed a dozen workers. Their inventions continued. They invented a method of moving a film spool using perforations in the film, a device used by Emile Renault. In 1892, Leon Guillaume Bolli had secured a patent on a device he called the cinematograph. This could shoot, process, and project moving pictures. In 1895, the brothers patented their refinement of this idea. The date of their first film is fiercely contested even to this day. In 1948, Louis claimed workers leaving the factory was shot in 1894. Some film historians claim this was impossible because the Lumiers hadn't perfected their camera at that time and suggest March 1895. I can only add that Louis might have got the date wrong, but it is not necessary to have perfected the camera to get the footage we have. Personally, I'm going with Louis rather than someone else's assumptions. Chakuterie Mechanique the mechanical butcher. A live pig is placed in a large box. An assistant turns a wheel in the side of the box while another assistant pulls sausages and meat cuts from another compartment. This has been suggested as perhaps the first science fiction film. I took this view on the best of advice, never having seen the film, having seen the film, I can only conclude it is not science fiction. There is nothing we see that is a huge extension on the technology already in existence, except perhaps the miniaturization, but this is not the focus of the film, that is the process of the butchery. It seems to me this film is a gag of two layers. The most obvious layer is the criticism of the way industrialization has reduced the artisanship of labor. The machine works faster and more accurately than the butcher, but in the process, the butcher is reduced to a wheel turner and packager. The meta-analysis would point out the machine doing the processing is very like a film camera. Reality goes in one end and manufactured reality comes out the other end. Alice Gee reprised this gag in 1900, but her work is science fiction. 
Falling Cat, director Etienne-Jules Marais. Marais was a creator of chronophotography, the movement of objects through time, a hobby that developed from his career in physiology. He was inspired by the work of Edward Moorbridge in the USA to study motion in animals. The experiment here is to discover why cats tend to land on their feet. In the process, he created the first cat film. YouTube never recovered. Director Atian Jules Marais was born on March the 5th, 1830, in Bois, France, and he died in 1904. Jules seems to have been fascinated by motion. He began his career studying blood circulation in humans. This led to a study of heartbeats, respiration, and muscles. He then abruptly jumped tracks to study insects, which included constructing a model of insect flight to illustrate his theories. This led to an interest in bird flight. He then turned to photography as an investigative tool. In 1882, he had perfected the chronophotographic gun, a device which took 12 images per second. With this device, he investigated the animal world, resulting in the publication, in 1890, of his work, The Flight of Birds. In the interval, he had perfected his invention so that it could use motion picture stock at the rate of 60 frames per second. The standard speeds between 1893 and about 1900 for cinema was 8 to 12 frames per second. Between 1900 and 1914, it was between 8 to 18 frames per second. It was only in the 1920s that the speed of 24 frames per second became the industrial standard. Leonoronote, director unknown. A dancer dressed as a fairy, the wings on the back are the giveaway, does a high-stepping version of the serpentine dance. From the title, I'm assuming this is a French film, although that is not necessarily the case. It seems a little too early to come from France, in which case the film would date from 1895-96. If the date is correct, then the title is a translation of the one the Edison Company gave it. Then the archive has stuck with the title of the film as received. In general, I try to give the original title of the film when it is known. In this case, it is probably not. Not only being born were they, turning into Yoda am I. Also dying were... On. February the 4th, Adolf Sachs, Belgian instrument maker, inventor of the saxophone, born 1814. February the 8th, Robert Michael Ballantyne, the Scottish novelist, born 1825. February the 11th, Margaret Henley, the inspiration for the name Wendy in Peter Pan, born 1888. December the 3rd, Robert Louis Stevenson, the Scottish author, born 1850. Next episode takes us to 1922 to find out how Austria responded to Italian epic films. If you're interested in learning more about early silent film, 
pick up a copy of the ebook Movie Chronicles Beginnings, available at an e-store anywhere. If you would like to support this podcast, become a Patreon supporter. Until we meet again, auf Wiedersehen.